Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks, a weekly news podcast that brings you the news stories of the past week that may have slipped under your radar, and we tell you why it's important and don't have any of that clickbait clutter. I'm your host, Stephen Vargas. Welcome to another week in August. <laughs> um, it's been funny because I we've been talking about you know that uh, people at work and and with Adam that 2020 took for ever to get through and mostly because we couldn't go anywhere we were locked down and all that stuff so it really kind of kind of sucked but 2021 is just flying by i'm like holy crap it's already august and uh you know a lot of shit's happened to me personally and i'm still kind of like whoa we're we're here all right so yeah so lots lots been going on um so a couple of things i wanted to kind of touch base on first if you tried to access the website last week and maybe a couple of days the week before and you weren't able to get it, it was not like our fault. It was the fault of our, our hosting server. Uh, we had Bluehost, emphasize on the word had, uh, and one day I came home from work and I couldn't access the site. And it hap- And if you have Bluehost, that happens quite a bit. But it's usually you can't access it, you wait an hour, and then you can go back into it. If you're on deadlines, that really makes it kind of shitty. However, um, it was down for like two days. And then, you know, you know, you go through the chat, you know, because you bitch about it on Twitter, because that's the only way they're going to respond to you. And then you get a little something and they say, oh, there's something going on that were very vague. It was very like, what's been going on? And... You know, and, and to me, it sounded like there was something nefarious going on, like 
they asked me questions about traffic and it was kind of made it sound like it was a DDoS attack um, because it's on a shared server. And uh, but they were very, very quiet about it. And then when it then when they supposedly fixed it, there was no explanation. No, like, hey, sorry about, you know, hey, your server may have been this, that and the other thing. No, nothing. It was just quiet. And in fact, after it, it actually worked a little better. It was faster. I was able to post things a little faster. Um, and then earlier in, um, earlier in the week, I go to post for, I think it was Thursday down again. I'm going in late Wednesday is down again and go through this whole thing. And they're like, Oh, well they're fixing an issue that they fixed. I'm like, they're, they're fixing the issue that they fixed last week. That doesn't make sense. And so this was like twice in, a, in the space of a week that my site had been down more than it had been up. So I go to their little um, review center that they um, review website that they have and just kind of laid it into them like, you know, this is ridiculous. You know, my I've, I'm in the middle of a contract with you guys, a three year contract, and I am so annoyed with this and then with your inability to to give any real information because well they're looking at something but it's like okay if it's if it's you know but you know because it's a it's a shared server i understand that but it's affecting my 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 site so i should be able to know what's going on you don't have to give me every detail but you can say hey this is going on and this so we're going to do this and then the the i leave that kind of you know that kind of review saying that i'm just going to bail i'm done I'm going to consider the money that I paid for the three years lost and just migrate the site somewhere else. And so I leave this review and then somebody from, from, uh, uh, Bluehost calls me and basically kind of does the same shit, you know, oh, I could probably give you like a free month, you know, to two months. And I'm like, fuck you. You know, it's like my site's down. I want, I don't want a free month. I want my site to work, you know? And uh, then he gives me this thing like, all right, well, I got a ticket from the developers. It says it looks like it's going to be, you know, they fixed whatever they needed and your site should be up probably in, you know, the next few hours at most four hours. I'll check it in the morning to see if, you know, I can access it. If I have trouble, I'll give you a call. So this was like four, like almost five in the afternoon Pacific time. Try it at nine o'clock. Still doesn't even come up. 1 a.m. doesn't come up. I happen to get up at 6 a.m. to let my dog out. Check the site. Nothing at 6 a.m. 11, uh, 10 a.m. Nothing. And guy never even calls me back. And this time I keep saying, I say stuff on Twitter again, and I still got no, and this time I got no response. Like they just blatantly, you know, just said, fuck you, dude. You're, you, you're leaving. Fuck you. We're not even going to talk to you anymore, which I thought was kind of bullshit. Um, so. You know, it, it, so I decided I, so this company called Skytra Cloud slips me into my DMs and then says like, hey, you know, we can, you know, host you. We notice you're having problems. We can host you. Uh, we have a discount for, you know, to bring you over and free migration, which we can do for you, you know. And I was like, screw it. Let's do it. But I had to wait till payday. So payday comes. Sign up. I sign up at two o'clock. So I figure, okay, I'll sign up at two. I got to go to work. So I'll sign up at two. So by the time I come home, it should, you know, be up and running. So I sign up at two, put all the information, a great deal too. 
you know, free security, free migration, unlimited email accounts. And um, so I did that. I sent in my, um, you know, then I have to send in the, the technical request to do the migration, give them my access to Bluehost. And then by the time I got to work, because I, I signed up at two, by the time I had to be at work by three, I got the email saying, all done, everything's up. Um, well, the, the guy first said, he goes, oh, you weren't kidding. You know, this thing is like running really slow. I'm going to let this run and, you know, I'll let you, I'll give you an update later. And then within the hour, I got an email saying, great, I, everything's all up. Everything's migrated. Your email addresses, everything, everything seems to be fine. If you have any issues, just open a new ticket. So on my phone, I go on there, even loads up faster on my, on my phone and on my computer than it did the original time. So shout out to Sky, um, to Skytra, uh, cloud, um, these guys were pretty, these guys were, were quick and efficient. Haven't had trouble with my site. Um, it actually loads faster than with Bluehost. If you have Bluehost, ditch them, get rid of them. Some people say like, you know, if, if you like when it works, it's cool, you know, but when it doesn't and it's an issue like that, they're very sketchy. And that's what kind of got me into like, screw this. So by the time Saturday rolled around after two weeks of this shit, by Friday afternoon, the site was up and running and I was able to get back on there and update everything. So going forward, it should be cool. So that's why we, we just we had to migrate to a new server. Everything seems cool right now. And um, I'm going to go back and edit that review and um, just, you know, tell them I migrated. I got out of here because you guys sucked. You guys sucked dick. Plus, they gave you a hell of a deal, you know. Um, you can get it, a, you can get one year of hosting for as little as like 72 bucks. Um, but you know, I think new customers get a discount. So it's like, I think it came out to like 40 some odd bucks, like 45, 46 bucks for a year. So, but that's, of course, I didn't get some of the extra stuff because I have plugins that will take care of some of the extra stuff that they, that they offer you, but it still wasn't bad. Like it was 70 bucks if you got that extra stuff for the first year and then it was going to be like 120 or 130 bucks after that so it's still like you know dude I'll, I'll take that so yeah and then the unlimited emails so the emails are going to change for all the shows um so each of the shows are going to have the whatever at thelazygeeks.com so i gotta get that going and um and work that around so that's what's happening that's all squared away so I'm happy about that. Um, another little tidbit of information is going forward, you're not going to hear any ads on the shows from here on out. We've tried doing the ads with Anchor. You just don't really. It's it To me, it's just not worth the time to put the ads. Like it, to me, it feels like I just put in more work on the ads than I actually pull from that. Um so we really, really want to make this show and all the shows, you know, we say this every week, self-sustaining, meaning we want to be able to pay the hosting costs with this. We want to be able to, you know, pay internet, you know, with, with that money. And then the money that we get from that would pay, you know, hosting, renewals for the domain names, uh, uh, host, uh, internet costs, you know, to do this. Also for upgrading some equipment, like I want to upgrade the, the board for here and and all that stuff. So instead of using, you know, my personal cash, um, it would be nice to be able to have donations where we can just use that, you know, to do that or, you know, use it to, you know, buy games or buy equipment or buy stuff that we can use for the show or, you know, 
create more programming for the show because we have more financial backing. So, you know, so that that's really where, where that is. And, you know, again, if we haven't, if we start getting enough, we will actually start doing some Patreon. We have talked about what we would do for a Patreon if we were to do that. And it would be, you know, different concepts every week, you know, four new episodes and it'd be four different concepts, not what we already do. So it'd be additional stuff that you would only get on there or expanded episodes or expanded stuff. So, yeah. So that that's really what we, we kind of have planned. Uh, we just need your help. So please go ahead and, uh, and help us out. And, uh, you know, that'll, that'll be, that will be swell. <laughs> all right. So with all that being said, I think it's time we jump into some news. Well, DirecTV is now its own company again. That's after AT&T closed the deal with a private equity firm, TPG, which is first announced back in February. Under their agreement, TPG would own 30% of the spinoff. The mobile giant will still retain a 70% ownership, so you're not completely done with them entirely. As its own company, DirecTV will no longer up, uh, operate under AT&T. It will own and run the AT&T TV and UVerse video service under a single brand known as DirecTV Stream. All of that will debut later this month. The new spinoff says customers won't even feel the transition. Famous last words. The streaming service will continue being available and subscribers won't be blindsided by hidden fees. AT&T received $7.1 billion in cash for the sale, which is only a tiny fraction of the $49 billion it originally paid when, DirecTV, when they purchased DirecTV in 2015. And back then, former AT&T CEO Randall Stevenson said combining DirecTV with AT&T, quote, is all about giving customers more choices for giant for great video entertainment integrated with mobile and high speed Internet service. And we saw how that worked out, didn't we? According to the L.A. Times, AT&T lost 40 percent of the DirecTV's original subscribers numbers since then in the second quarter of 2021. DirecTV reported having 15.4 million premium video subscribers. Main reason was because you're dealing with AT&T customer service, and that's always ridiculous. The, giant, the telecom giant has been trying to offload DirecTV since at least 2019 and hasn't announced anything concrete until earlier this year. This deal doesn't include the HBO Max streaming service, which will be part of the company's separate Warner Media spinoff. In May, AT&T announced the $43 billion deal would see its Warner Media division merge with Discovery. It's expected to close in mid-2022, four years after AT&T finalized its $85 billion acquisition of Time Warner. Both that deal and the DirecTV spinoff will help AT&T's debt reduction efforts. As Deadline notes, it has taken several steps, including selling off assets over the past few years to reduce its debt it had acquired due to its massive multimedia acquisitions now this was something that we had said way back when this happened AT&T for whatever reason cannot read tea leaves the problem was is that instead of focusing more on multimedia basically streaming content no they go ahead and buy a, a cable provider DirecTV satellite which was a stupid move back then because at that particular point people were already leaving um, 
physical cable companies to go to to cut the cord and go to you know streaming services and direct and i understand at&t saw direct tv as a good way to kind of you know funnel everything warners into that the problem was the timing was super bad and direct tv was already kind of hemorrhaging at that particular point so we knew that this was like a really bad idea to me the acquisition of direct tv and uh and time warner in general was one of those you know 2 a.m you know infomercial hey that sounds like a good idea you know 2 a.m purchases that you make and regret the next morning and then of course with uh you know, with Warner Brothers, they just thought it was a cash cow that they continued to do. Problem was, you already had people, movies that were, you know, studios that were kind of complaining because you had, you know, fall off. People weren't going to the movies as much at this particular moment. And then at the same time, right after, like, a couple years after that, a year or two after that deal's finalized, the pandemic. So, you know, they've just been screwing, le- been screwing up left and right. So, um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens to DirecTV, um, even though it still has the Warner streaming service kind of thing. It just seems like it's just they kind of see this and it's like, well, this is going gangrene. So let's just cut off this limb and move forward. Overwatch League sponsors Coca-Cola and State Farm are reevaluating their support of competition after the game's publisher, Activision Blizzard, was sued by regulators over a culture of constant sexual harassment, the Washington Post reports. The company's statement comes as another sponsor, T-Mobile, appeared to pull its branding from the Overwatch League as well as its Call of Duty League earlier this week. In a statement, Coca-Cola told the Washington Post that it's aware of the allegations surrounding Activision Blizzard and said it was taking step a step back for a moment to revisit future plans and programs. However, a spokesperson for the company would not confirm whether or not the company would cease its sponsorship of the league entirely. Meanwhile, State Farm said it is re- re-evaluating its limited marketing relationship with Overwatch League and that it's asked that, quote, no advertisements run during the matches this weekend, end quote. Partnerships like these are uh, an important source of revenue for Activision, Blizzard's esports leagues, alongside broadcasting rights and franchise fees. Logos and advertisements for brands appear prominently during broadcast, and branded Coca-Cola cups are sometimes seen next to commentators. Uh, State Farm and Coca-Cola are among seven brands listed as par- on the partners page of the Overwatch league's website the other companies listed were not immediately responded to comments from the verge the statement comes earlier this week viewers noted that the t-mobile branding appeared to have disappeared from overwatch league and call of duty league broadcasts the company's branding has disappeared from both leagues list of sponsorship of sponsorship partners and has not been appearing in recent overwatch league tweets in a recent Call of Duty League match, the new New York Subliners team was seen wearing duct tape over a T-Mobile logo on their jerseys. T-Mobile did not respond to a uh, request for comment. Sponsors are reevaluating their support in the wake of the lawsuit from California's Department of Fair Employment and Housing, which alleges widespread harassment and discrimination at Activision Blizzard. Following the lawsuit, employees staged a walkout in protest and made several demands, including the end of forced arbitration in employee contracts. Two high-ranking employees have left the company in the wake of these allegations. Blizzard President J. Allen Barrack, or Brock, 
and the company's head of global human resources, Jesse Shizshuk, which obviously when you have something like this going on and you're the head of global human resources, you got to go. While Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby uh, Kotick has pledged to take quote-unquote swift action and will investigate each and every claim. However, employees criticize the CEO's response for failing to address key concerns. This is something that's been going on for a long time. Um, there's been this, there's this culture that, you know, gaming is for guys. It's a guys club. It's a boys club. Girls don't play video games. And because that inherently wasn't ever true, it just didn't become more popular until you got, you know, into social media and, uh, and all of that. So, you know, it, it, it was there. It just was one of those that didn't figure prominently because, you know, your parents and everybody else says, girls don't play video games. Only boys do. You know, boys will be boys, you know, that kind of thing. So it's just, it's, it's funny that, you know, we had Gamers Gate and all of this stuff where you just have the toxic man masculinity. There was some, I heard somebody t earlier this week that says there's no such thing as toxic masculinity. And I said, actually, there is. And he says, how do you define toxic masculinity? I go, being an asshole. I go, being an asshole to where everything you say is fine because that's what you think, that's what you believe. And it doesn't matter if my words offend anyone else. So if I go ahead, go ahead and say an off-color joke about a woman's whatever, you know, something about a woman's appearance, you know, so I have the right to say it. She doesn't have a right to be to be offended by that. That's toxic masculinity, denying responsibility for being able to wait. Should I say that? No, nah, I probably shouldn't say that. That's it. It's just called reading the room. You know, and that that's always been one of the things that I've always found to be quite interesting about issues like, you know, toxic masculinity or, you know, or just this, uh, you know, like people like claim blaming woke culture. You know, you'll always hear conservatives and, and people of like the Gen X generation, even even uh, even elder millennials, you know, will complain about like, well, I don't understand, you know, back in my day. Yeah, back in your day, we also didn't have a cure for, pen, you know, a cure for fucking polio. But we do. Things change. People change. Society changes. You used to, you know, back in the day, if you actually listen to, um, uh, I was watching this documentary called 1971 on Apple, on Apple TV Plus, and it was about 1971, the year that changed music. And you would hear about, you know, uh, African-American uprisings, you know, the, the civil unrest and, and the rioting and stuff like that. And white newscasters going in the Negro population or the blacks, you know, and it was just kind of like, wow. You know, it's like, you know, it, it was just kind of like, like, you don't say that anymore because it's 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 a derogatory term, you know. And uh, that's why I, I don't like the term Hispanic because I'm Mexican. When people say, oh, you're Hispanic, I'm like, no, I'm Mexican. I'm Latino, not Latinx. Latinx is not a word. It's just a Latinx is a is twofold. One, it is a a way of trying to say, well, you know, it's a masculine. You know, Latino is masculine. It doesn't define, you know, the, the non, you know, the 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 females are other than the Hispanic male culture. And it's like, but that's just the way the language is. Every language is like that. There is a you know, feminine and a masculine tense in each of those words. So saying Latinx doesn't work. And if you talk to anybody in the actual Latin community, mm -mm, nope. Um, 
and when, so when you get into this, like, oh, well, culture and stuff like that, it's like, no, Hispanic offends me. Hispanic offends me because it's Hispanic. Hispania, Spain. We don't come from Spain. We come from Latin America, Central America, South America. That's what it is. So, you know, and, and I always get to this, it's like, you know, oh, Hispanic, Hispanic culture. That's not Hispanic culture. You know why? Because you used to do that with the Asian culture. Remember the word Oriental? Paramount Plus effectively revolves around Al Kurtzman, given its continued dependence on Star Trek. It's clear CBS will do whatever it takes to keep the director and producer on board. CBS Studios has signed a deal that will have Kurtzman and his secret hideout unit exclusively producing shows for Paramount Plus, as well as other platforms through 2026. He will continue to lead Star Trek's effort for the next six years, CBS said. So much for the continuous online reports that he's being fired, as well as all the Star Trek series are being canceled. CBS didn't say how much it paid, although deadline sources understood the agreement was in the $150 million price range. Kurtzman has two years left on his existing deal and is worth far less than just $25 million. Kurtzman has no less than six Star Trek shows underway, in, um, including existing productions, Discovery, Picard, and Lower Decks, as well as the upcoming efforts like Strange New Worlds, Prodigy, and the currently unnamed thir Section 31 spinoff. He's also responsible for Showtime's offerings like the upcoming The Man Who Fell to Earth TV remake, and he also has Secret Hideout working on projects like a Stephen King short story adaptation. Now, this is hilarious for many reasons. Sites that focus on Trek bashing have been saying New Trek is done. Earlier this year, haters were saying that he was about to be fired. Even all the shows that were in production were being stopped and they were being killed off. They, uh, they would be losing millions upon millions because no one's watching them. Unfortunately for those online trolls, they won't be making all of these shows if no one was watching them. All these sites that say they have trusted sources, that this is what was happening, which is bullshit. And if they are trusted sources, I think you about time to get some new sources. And in any case, this makes me extra happy. Acer and Apple aren't the only big PC brands reeling from ransomware attacks in recent times. Bleeping Computer and United Daily News reports the Taiwan-based Gigabyte suffered a ransomware attack between August 3rd and August 4th. The company only confirmed that it shut down IT infrastructure and that a handful of servers were affected, but there are hints that the attack might have been worse. According to bleeping computer sources, the extortion gang Ransom EXX claimed to have stolen 112 gigabytes of sensitive internal data as well as info from a code repository. This includes Intel and AMD chip information as well as a debug document. The breach is known to have affected both Gigabyte support page and parts of the Taiwanese page. Gigabyte said it contacted law enforcement, but it didn't say if it would pay the ransom. Ransom EXX started in 2018 under the defray name, but rebranded in 2020 because that's what you do and has been targeting increasingly higher-profile organizations, including the Brazilian government, Texas Department of Transportation, and Ecuador's state-led telecom. It's not believed to be associated with Revil Group, with the Revil Group that attacked Acer as well as Apple supplier Quanta. 
it's not surprising that PC companies would face these attacks. They not only have the money to pay ransom, but a raft of technology secrets they are eager to protect. However, the string of attacks is still concerning. Apart from a short-term financial hit, there are concerns that these attacks could lead to trade secrets that know that do long-term damage. One of the biggest problems with these ransomware attacks, and particularly with these tech companies, is security. Security is always claimed like, oh, we take security seriously. Bullshit, you don't, because security requires you paying money. And unfortunately, with a lot of these companies and other companies that I used to work for that were software companies, I put air quotes up like you can see it. But the problem with that is when you do that, you got to put money in there, which means that's less money that goes to the investors. And for companies, the fiduciary responsibility is for the investors, not for the product or the clientele. I've dealt with companies that claim to have, oh, yeah, we take, you know, you, you have to have these security, you know, all these tight security, but they use cheap shit and don't even follow up on it. You know, don't even update security software, firmware, IT takes forever to update shit. So... This is going to this is going to have to do one of two things. It's either one going to force companies to actually update their shit and 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 make it harder for people to gain access to it or two nope everybody's going to be like, oh well that was them sucks to be them and then you know it, it it happens to 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 them and then they're like yeah fuck those wanting to take up Alloy's bow in the much-anticipated sequel to Horizon Zero Down will apparently have to wait a bit longer. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West, the upcoming follow-up to the popular open-world adventure from Guerrilla Games and Sony Interactive Entertainment, has reportedly been delayed to the first quarter of 2022. The delay was first reported by Bloomberg News after video game reporter Jeff Grubb discussed the rumor on a Giant Bomb podcast. The game was previously scheduled to come to the PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 for the 2021 holiday season. The delay doesn't come as much of a surprise. The COVID-19 pandemic has impacted the production timelines for many major games. God of the God of War sequel, which is also being pushed by Sony, um, published by Sony, has um, had its release date pushed back to 2022. This past June, in an interview for the uh, official PlayStation podcast, Herman Holst, head of the PlayStation Studios, said that her, for uh, Horizons Forbidden West uh, team may or may not hit the planned time frame. Developer Guerrilla uh, Gorilla Games showed off 14 minutes of gameplay from the game as part of its State of Play event in May, and it looked rather stunning. The new footage showed Aloy uh, encountering a tribe of raiders who had captured her friend Erend. The gameplay also showed a, the hunter riding one of the mechanical beasts of her world to fight off another ma machine-like behemoth. The Verge reached out to Sony for further comment on the reported delay, but did not receive an immediate response. This is the latest in a string of delays. No one wants to go down the whole cyberpunk trail that led to the panning of the game, and the game got better later, but after several patches, but the damage was already done. So there'll be, But there'll be a lot more of these delays before this thing is even remotely over. In March of 2019, several major record companies, music companies, sued Charter Communications, one of the largest internet providers in the U.S. with 22 million subscribers. Helped by the, the RIAA, Capitol Records, Sony um, Warner Brothers, Sony Music, and other accused Charter of deliberately turning a blind eye to its pirating subscribers. 
Among other things, they argued that the ISP failed to terminate or otherwise take meaningful action against the accounts of repeated infringers, even though it was well aware of them. Such, um, as such, the music companies said Charter is liable for both contributory infringement and vicarious liability. Charter disagreed and filed a motion to dismiss the case. In addition, it countersued the record labels for sending false DMCA takedown notices. Both of these defensive moves failed, and, ma and the matter is now scheduled to go to trial. With hundreds of millions of dollars in potential damages at stake, the, um, the stakes are high. And they're about to get even higher as music companies have just filed another copyright infringement lawsuit against Charter. According to the music companies which includes Capitol Records, EMI, Sony, and Universal. The lawsuit hasn't resulted in the desired policy change with regard to pirating subscribers. As such, they have filed yet another lawsuit in federal court in Colorado. Charter has insisted on doing nothing despite receiving thousands of notices that detail the illegal activity of its subscribers, despite its clear legal obligation to address the widespread legal illegal download of copyrighted works on its internet service. And despite being sued previously by the plaintiffs for similar conduct, the complaint reads, The lawsuit essentially accuses Charter of the same wrongdoing. While it seems pointless at first, there is an important distinction. The initial case only covered copyright infringements up to 2016, while the new complaint um, covers repeat infringements from 2018 onward. The music companies explain that they formally warned Charter about the first batch of infringement claims in March and April of 2016, and their goal was to motivate the ISP to take action against pirating subscribers, but not much has changed. Even after the first lawsuit was filed, pirating subscribers were allegedly able to continue their infringing activity. So, with this, you're going to get, this has always been an issue. Now, there used to be that quote-unquote you know, three strikes law, you know, that that whole thing where you only had, you know, three strikes and, you know, then you would be kicked off the kicked off the platform and that was forced to. And then they kind of eased back a little bit. They, they pulled back on it and it was left to the to the Internet providers to decide the course of action. Now, the big problem was, is that Cable companies aren't going to just inherently say, all right, yeah, okay, well, they repeat, they, they pirated content, let's kick them off because that's cutting revenue. And in the end, cable subscribers are their bread and butter now because people are cutting television services. They're using their internet and they can charge a lot of money for their internet service. So... If you're kicking them off your internet service, you're forcing subscribers to go somewhere else. And that's a big problem. So I, I don't see, I, I see what Charter's doing is like, well, you know, they're not running our business. They're just worried about their profits and we're worrying about our profits. So if we start kicking people off for doing this, you know, you know, we're, we're going to start losing money and, and that's a big problem. So. It will be interesting to see what happens in this court case um, if they're going to start, you know, um, um, you know, pushing harder against, you know, cable subs um, people who, who do pirating or who have been known to pirate. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this turns out in court. And lastly, 
is our douchebag of the week, which is Ben Shapiro. Now, when isn't Ben Shapiro a douchebag? A lot of times. He's, he's a douchebag any day of the week. The guy that just... It, it's funny because he tries to talk like a tough guy. He tries to talk like an intellect, but his voice and the way he his mannerisms, he looks like one of those guys that that would be, you know, we, there's the um, there's the uh, the nerd that we always get, you know, the comic book nerd. Well, technically, uh, Captain America did raise uh, Thor's hammer, and you know that kind of guy. He's that guy, but in 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 white politics. Is what is, is how I see him. He, basically, what I'm saying is he probably got beat up a lot in school. All right. So why is he a douchebag this week? Well, on Friday night, two of the country's most foremost Islamophobes sat across from one another on HBO to debate the issue of the day. In one corner was Bill Maher, the self-proclaimed liberal who spends 90% of his time, 90% of his real-time show railing against Muslims, platforming conspiracy theories, and or white nationalist trolls, and whining about cancel culture. The other had Ben Shapiro, the Daily Wire co-founder who, when he's not being an outrageous hypocrite or distributing films by producers with a long history of uh, overlooking sexual misconduct, spends 90% of his time whining about cancel culture or owning the libs by saying hateful drivel like this. The last time Shapiro visited Mars late night show, the two culture warriors got along famously with the comedian failing to challenge the unequiv um equival uh, oh the evacuating pundit on his Trump flip flopping or dubious claims that liberals were more intolerant than conservatives. On Friday, things were a bit more contentious as Shapiro joined the program to promote his book, The Authoritarian Movement, about how America's left has become more authoritarian than the right. Uh, your thesis is the author authoritarian movement is coming from the left. And I must say, when I read the book, I don't disagree with a lot of what you're saying. I certainly made that case myself. I just wanted to know where's the other half of the book, Mars said. Yes, I agree with you. Woke Twitter has power. It's just soft power. I just find it perverse that you find that less alarming than the kind of old school authoritarian that Trump and his ilk are going for. Marr then, um, then cited Trump's attempt to overthrow the 2020 presidential election, including the time he incited a violent mob to storm the Capitol or, and do so on his behalf, as well as the recent poll from inside, uh, Business Insider saying that 47% of Republicans believe it may be time to take law into their own hands. Q. Shapiro, who employed his usual straw man, briefly acknowledging that it, it was indeed alarming before arguing that Trump's attempts to subvert democracy weren't so authoritarian because democratic institutions prevented him from doing so, before somehow drawing a line between one-sixth uh, one and the Black Lives Matter movement. It's a nice title for this book, and I think a lot of people would assume that he's talking about real authoritarian and could be trapped into giving you $28.99, um, offered guest Malcolm Noon, um, Nance, a former Navy officer and current MSNBC contributor who who again brought up how Donald Trump commanded an insurrection, which he argued is far more authoritarian than a than Twitter gossip. When Marr brought up how Fox News host Tucker Carlson was hobnobbing with fascist leader Viktor Orban in Hungary, Shapiro ignored the question and instead countered with the time that Obama sat with then Cuban President 
Raul Castro at an exhibition baseball game and the CDC mask mandates. Once the subject got to critical race theory with Shapiro falsely arguing that that's being taught to children across America, and you can only find this in law school, people. I mean, it's barely even taught in law school. Nance had had enough telling him, is this what you do on your show? Because it sucks. The quip promptly prompted a visibly irritated Shapiro to say, you know, Malcolm, I, I appreciate that, but I will comfort myself tonight by sleeping on my bed made of money. Yes, he really said that. Um, yeah, so, you know, like he said, you know, it, it, this basically goes to show that all these conservative pundits that we hear, you know, there, there's been, you know, accusations and, and videos about how these, you know, anti-vaxxers, anti-COVID, an, you know, all of these Trumpers are really all in it for the money. You have the, the you know, the uh, Matt Gates and the, the Marjorie Taylor Greens that are traveling the country on this road show. And, you know, getting people to pay so much money to go and listen to their, you know, their their drivel. And what is the money going for? It's not going to fight for America. It's going to their reelection war chest. Why? Because people aren't donating as much to them. So they're trying to get it. And in fact, the least the uh, recent report came out that said they're, you know, they're they're, you know, taking back America tour is actually put them in the hole. So. You know, and then they had the the events in California where they tried to have an event and everybody just said, yeah, no, we're not having you here. You're, that's canceled. So, you know, Ben Shapiro and all other conservatives, I honestly do believe none of them believe the shit that they say. All they do is they're that kid is like, oh, they're that they're 13 year olds. You know, the 13 year olds that like to say shit just to get people's reaction. It's not necessarily that they, they believe any of it. They just say it to get attention. That's what these are. That's what they, the people like Shapiro and Carlson, they were kids that people, that got beat up a lot. And then they were able to say shit that, you know, the racists and the, 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 the supremacists and the Trumpers all feel like, he has the courage to say what we've been thinking for a long time. Well, if he had the courage to say it, why weren't you saying it? Oh, because you might actually lose your job. He's making money off it, and you're supporting him by buying whatever shit he sells. So, yeah, I mean, you know, but he's right. He'll go to sleep comfortably on his bed made of money. So, yeah, that kind of just kind of tells you everything in a nutshell, you know. This isn't about politics it isn't about regard because think about it biden's putting out an agenda that's infrastructure and covid relief and and trying to get people not to get kicked out of their houses even though they're kind of fucking off with that and the you know and and all of that and what is the conservative the republicans used to have a base and I'm, i'll probably end up going into this a bit more when i do my gen xer podcast but the Republicans used to have a platform you know um you know they used to have um uh, you know, tighter spending, you know, they used to have more military. They used to have, you know, there, there was a lot of things in their platform that I actually agreed with. The problem is now all they're, compl- all they're talking about is woke culture and cancel culture and, and owning the libs and Donald Trump. And that's everything. They have no policies. I'm not going to have a mask mandate because ugh, America, it's like, 
And then you have the ones that complain. They like going, well, the libs are doing it. And they're not even they're not even using the science. Well, what is the science? All I hear from conservatives is, you know, it's they're they're doing they want to do this and, and the masks are all about control. But America, we're free, so don't wear masks. Where's the science in that? Because America? I mean, even that's not even science. Even if you take it down to a basic principle, that's geography. It's a little different. But anyway, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> All right, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we want, we're ditching the ads and going to be independent, but we need your support to keep these shows, you know, just to be self-sufficient, just to be able to pay to keep these things going because at some point you kind of get tired of paying all the bills yourself. So if you want to make, if you want to donate to make this and all the shows on the Lazy Geeks Network, including new shows that we still want to do, which the ones that we put on the back burner because of everything that happened, go to thelazygeeks.com and click on the PayPal donate link in the top corner of the of the site. And it'll take you to my PayPal where you can donate money there. Any any amount helps. It really does. Um, also. I mean, it'd be cool if we were able to get enough money to where, you know, I don't actually have to work a real job. I can actually just do this because I wanted to do a bunch of stuff. But, you know, can't really do it when you have a you have a job, particularly a retail job, which, you know, it's not even a nine to five. You know, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, weekends, too. So I can't even do half the shit that I want to do. Um, but, yeah. And if you want, I'm, I'll probably put a link up there to uh, Venmo. If you guys don't like PayPal, you want to do a Venmo. That's good, too. The Lazy Geeks underscore 1010 um by the way if you don't know what 1010 it it's it stands for october 2010 that's when we started so and um but if you can't help us out monetarily you can share the show with your buddies and rate the show on apple Podcasts, itunes all of that stuff and this helps it does help get um exposure people can read it and be like oh these you know people seem to like these guys i'll check it out it really will help us out and 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 all the good comments do help get people along so um but you can also check out all the other shows on the lazy geeks network the truly pointless podcast uh new episodes are out now um the newest this the second episode since our return comes out tomorrow which is tuesday um there's also the star trek centric podcast the away team uh we're back with that second episode coming out later this uh later this week also my gen xer podcast which is basically um a retooled version of the fine line uh that comes out every wednesday and we're i think this week's going to be episode number four so please check all of those shows out you can get those shows everywhere you get this show now if you want to be part of the show hit me up in the comments questions or ideas for future episodes uh, catch us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under at the Lazy Geeks, all one word, or email us, thegeeks at thelazygeeks.com. So that is it for me this week. So until next time, I'm Stephen Vargas, and I'm thinking so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs>